Who has never heard Brian Orman teach before? Two words. Buckle up. <laughs> you know? Welcome Brian Orm up here. Come on, buddy. All right. How you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it cooled down around here. It's like satanically hot. So, from San Diego, anything above 80 or below 50 is unacceptable weather to me. It's out of control. My wife is with me this time. Last year, she wasn't with me. I think Liam was levitating or something, our son. Head was spinning. But uh, in worship, she had a word um, that was just for the group, and I thought it'd be really cool if she could uh, share that. It was really powerful. If the lime yellow mic is on, that'd be sweet. Lime yellow. All right. Hi, I'm Cecily. And um, during worship, I heard Holy Spirit say, so if you ever hear things during worship and you're like, hey, who is that? It's probably the Holy Spirit. Yes. But they're good things. Um, and I heard him say that um, this place is um, a watering hole. And what I mean by that is like his presence, God's presence is here. And it's a place that people will come to. And usually like in that context, I usually would hear things like, a well or a spring, but what I heard was specific, watering hole. And I was like, hmm, that usually means that stuff around it's pretty dry, and people will come to a watering hole to find water, um, to find what they need. And then I heard him say that um, as a group that you guys, and this is not like a reprimand, but it's that it needs to be stewarded well. Like not everywhere that you go, and you know this or you wouldn't be here, not everywhere you go are you gonna find the Holy Spirit. Not everywhere you go are you gonna find God's presence and find leadership that will lead you in the way that you need to be led. And so to steward that and realize every time you're here, this is special, this is good, this is so good, this is so right. And so with that, I was reminded of Nehemiah. And um, if you don't know the story of Nehemiah, like when he was rebuilding the city walls, he, each man, I don't think the women did this too, I believe it was just the men, but each person, <laughs> um, they would build, they were building a wall, but they would also carry their weapon with them and they were ready to fight. They were always ready to fight. There were people stationed around looking and watching like watchmen around, watching to make sure that nobody would come and take away what they treasured so much, which was their city. And then um, Holy Spirit also reminded me that um, the weapons that we fight with, they're not carnal. They're not carnal, so you guys aren't supposed to be carrying around a giant sword, but what you are supposed to carry around is the fruits of the Spirit. You're supposed to carry around joy and peace and worship, and we do battle when we worship. So when Jesus says, go worship, go fight for this, go steward this um, watering hole that I've given you, he's, what he's saying is go worship, go spend time in my presence, dive deep into my presence, and don't stop until you meet me. Don't stop until you lock eyes with me and you know me. Like, don't stop. Don't stop, like keep going for him. You have to keep going for him. You have to keep going deep. You have to keep going deep. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes your flesh doesn't want you to, but you have to keep going until you have that connection with him and you know, you know every step that you're supposed to take, you know what you're supposed to do. And so um, then I also was reminded that the two Eric's um, that are in your leadership, like there's a reason that they're here. And I felt like some of you may be questioning like, 
do I want to come under their like spiritual authority because God has placed them in authority? Like, do I want to come under that? Do I not? Like, and maybe that's not the conversation you have in your head. Maybe it's not worded that way. But um, however you, it's worded in your head, like, just try it. Like, just step on under and go, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. I'm going to listen. And I'm really going to listen and not like listen and think, man, I know a better way. No, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. Um, so I'll just pray and give it to Brian. So Jesus, I just ask that, it, that um, just let it be, just let this be a, a watering hole that um, people are just drawn to, they're drawn to, they're drawn to this place. God, and I just ask that it would be stewarded well, what you've put here, it would be stewarded well, and you would put in each person's mind right now, like in the leadership of um, Epic Life, that you would put in everybody's mind exactly what they're supposed to do, what that means to war, what that means to war in the spirit, because it's not like um, in the flesh, it's not. So I just ask that you would just bring revelation to what that means, revelation right now, that it would be downloaded in your name, amen. And I hand it over to my head. Thank you. Watering holes, zebras, elephants. It's a lot of dung. It's a whole nother message right there. I want to share a couple of testimonies real quick with you guys. Um, I love sharing testimonies right before we get into stuff because it helps stir faith. It's kind of like just an injection from Jesus. It's like the whole grains of the kingdom of God. When you feed on testimonies, you live longer. You do? If you focus on what God isn't doing, you're going to have a short life. because you're gonna get bitter, and that destroys the human body. It really does, it's proven actually. All right, so last night I was in Manteca, Central Valley. No. There's a reason only one person did that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. God loves all places, well most. No, I'm just kidding. So I was in Manteca at this place called Clyde Network, it's a youth group, and uh, some cool stuff happened. There was this guy who was born without a vertebrae, one vertebrae, and had a metal plate put in. He sat down and he's like, I don't feel the plate. Put his finger back there and uh, no, there's no more plate. Now, some of you are like, I don't know if God can do that. I mean, he only wielded the universe into existence by speaking. I mean, he created our bodies. I'm just not sure about that. If he can do that, that doesn't seem logical to me. So uh, his back's doing pretty good. He's getting it checked out. I'm going to wait to hear back. I'm believing there's actually a new vertebrae in there. So there's a lot of vertebrae in heaven just waiting to be released. (laughs) There's body parts of all kinds. Some of you think I'm joking. Well, I'm dead serious. And uh, one last one I want to share is pretty cool. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Matt Gonzalez, going to be speaking at his place tomorrow night, actually, in Stockton. And... uh, Whenever we do stuff together, crazy stuff happens. I don't know what it is. We rarely do stuff together, but when we do, it's just like nuts. 
So as usual, something crazy happened. So we were on campus, UC San Diego, and he's sharing some stuff, and I shared some stuff, and then he gets this word and he's like, I believe you guys are gonna start seeing like manifestations of God's glory that are unusual, as if they're normal anyways. <laughs> and so uh, that's perfectly normal. Pillar of fire by day, yes, that's totally normal. And so, uh, as he speaks this, he says, I believe it's gonna be kind of like stuff like gemstones will show up and appear in your meeting. So what happens is instantly when he says that, two girls are sitting on the ground. One is Nori, she's a spiritual daughter. She's in the back, wave a hand, Nori. She was one of them picking up crystals that started appearing on the ground and multiplying on the ground. I have the video on my iPhone. If you're like, I don't know if that's true, uh, you can watch it after if you need to see it first, which isn't how the kingdom works. You believe and then you see. Yep. <laughs> so uh, these crystals start multiplying on the ground in this person's hand. The person's hand that's holding them, her hand is covered in oil and there's no oil in the room. And then some of them start falling from the middle of the air. And a big one falls on a really skeptical guy's head. <laughs> It's like God's going, I'm going to pick the skeptical guy. Big one on your head. <laughs> How do you like that? Don't think it's real? Just hit your head. <laughs> so. <laughs> and uh, so I texted to a friend of mine, uh, Shannon Schreier. He's in Utah. He's a church. And he shares it three nights later, the video and the pictures. And they leave. And a few people linger around there worshiping in the parking lot. So a parking lot, that's not even the church parking lot, it's adjacent. I'm just telling you what happened. If this one wasn't outside the box enough for you, we're going completely outside the box at this point. A 15 foot in diameter orb light appears five feet above the ground. Um, I don't know about you, that, that would get my attention. <laughs> I would probably walk over to the light to see what's going on. So they walk over to this light and blue crystals start appearing. I have the pictures on my phone of these as well. 20 handfuls of these blue crystals, like bright blue crystals. Shannon has a jeweler in his church. She takes a look at them and says, they're 100% crystal on the inside. I have no idea what it is on the outside. So uh, I post on Facebook, and people get weird about stuff like this. <laughs> Where's that in the Bible? Where is it? <laughs> well, Moses was standing on a mountaintop of sapphire stone when he got the law. Yeah. <laughs> Says the mountaintop was covered in sapphire and then Moses went up and the law was received. That's a lot of stones. There you go. It's in the Bible. Then there's a thing called the sea of glass. It's clear as crystal. Crystal. Yeah, that's good, Brian. Thank you. All right. All right. We're going to dive into some stuff. Is that cool? Excellent. I want to talk a little bit uh, with you guys about a spirit, soul, body and dive into that. Why that's really important to understand. Why it will revolutionize the way you see yourself and the way you interact with God 
and live your life out for Jesus. I wish I would have known this when I came to Jesus. It would have helped a lot and uh, would have helped it tremendously, actually. So how many of you know your three parts, spirit, soul, body? When God made us, he said, let us make man in our image, us in our. There was a party going on at creation. It's not just God. Jesus is there, Holy Spirit is there. Also wisdom, who's referred to as a woman in the book of Proverbs was there. In Proverbs 8, verse 30, it says, I, wisdom, was standing next to the Father as the architect of creation. She is the architect of creation, wisdom. So it was a party. So God is three parts and one at the same time. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I don't care what analogy you use for the Trinity, it still doesn't make sense. Like there's an egg, there's a shell, and there's the white part and the yolk. Okay. It still is not making sense for me, but thanks for that. So it makes sense if the, if the Godhead is three parts, we would also be three parts if we're made in their image. So when God creates Adam, he creates him out of what? The dust, right? He should have named him Dusty. <laughs> Your name shall be Dusty, for you are made from the dust. So his body's intact. His mind, will, and emotions, which is our soul, is intact. He's communicating with God. And then God breathes spirit into Adam, and he becomes fully alive. It's this word that means wind and spirit. Now, when we sin in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin, the wind is knocked out of them. Because remember in John 20, Jesus breathes on the disciples? And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. It's not just a random act Jesus is doing. I'm just going to blow on him. That sounds good. (laughs) Jesus restored everything that was stolen in the garden. Outside of Jesus, your spirit is dead. That's why when we come to Jesus, we are born again. But it is only our spirit that's born again. Your body and your soul are not. Because when you die, what happens to your body? Dusty. (laughs) We're going back to dusty. What happens to your soul? It's replaced. There's no stress in heaven. There's no overanalyzing in heaven. No one's pacing around. There's no sun, but there's light. This is freaking me out. (laughs) Why is there light and there's no sun? There's a sea of glass, but no moon. There's a tide. What's going on? (laughs) There's no sadness. We just live in a perpetual state of joy and peace. So the soul is replaced, but the spirit remains. Our spirit is not bound by time and space. First Corinthians 6.17 says, our spirit is one with Jesus. 24 hours a day, your spirit is connected to Jesus. So when we're feeling like, I just feel like God's far away, that's when you need to tell your feelings the truth. 
It's not that feelings aren't valid, that's a fact, but the truth is superior to fact. Facts are subservient to the truth. Jesus was dead, that was a fact, but it was not the truth. So one third of you is perfect 24 hours a day. That's why like Ephesians 1, 4 says, the Father sees you as holy without any fault. How is that possible? Because I got a lot of faults. Because he's looking at our spirit. And so when he looks, he's like, that's pretty perfect. <laughs> so stop trying to be holy. Stop working to be holy. That's called legalism. And just realize you already are. You're going to spend your life as a believer either managing your sin or managing your righteousness. Jesus isn't dealing with sin. He already did. He's dealing with righteousness in life now. So we probably should join in. Doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. I mean, look, you can't sin your salvation away. You can renounce it away, but you can't sin it away. <laughs> Do you know every person in hell is forgiven? They just chose not to believe. Like forgiveness isn't, God doesn't forgive in installments. It's once and for all time. So what the word says, once and for all time. So when we come to a place and we say, Jesus, I want you in my life, forgive me. He doesn't say, I'm now going to forgive you. He says, you're already forgiven. You're just now going to receive what I did 2,000 years ago. So he's not like, now I'm going to forgive you. It's actually already accomplished. You're just believing it now. It's like some people get so weird with healing. They say weird stuff with healing out there. There's a lot of weird stuff. This is my sickness. I'm just sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. Oh, thank you for that demonic theology. Just so wonderful. Because in order to share something, you have to have it. And Jesus was never sick. How can you give away what you never had? Amen. Like if I'm gonna share chocolate with you, I've gotta have chocolate. <laughs> okay? <laughs> In the atonement, Isaiah 53, it's by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, right? The blood of Jesus we are forgiven. It's funny how many in the church separate those two. Let's pray, if it's the will of God for you to be healed. That's retarded. <laughs> Would you do that for forgiveness? I'd like to just, I want to get saved. Well, let's see if Jesus wants to forgive you. God, is it your will to forgive this one? No, it's not. So I guess you're going to die. 
You can't separate the blood from the stripes because the blood actually came from the stripes. You cannot separate the blood from the stripes. The blood came from the stripes. So not only 2,000 years ago was forgiveness established for all of humanity, healing was established for all of humanity. So that's why when you pray for the sick today, you're not asking God to do it. He's already done it. This all ties into our spirit not being bound by time and space. And here's where we go. You ready to dive into the deep end of the pool for a moment? Is that okay? Let's get your trunks on. Ephesians 1, 19 and 23 talks about Jesus. He has died. He's risen, seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realms far above all principalities. We would all believe that, right? Ephesians 2, 6 says, we also have been raised, seated next to Jesus in the heavenly realms. Paul wrote that when he was alive to a group of people who were alive. They're called the Ephesians. So he's writing to people who are living, saying, you are seated right now. How's that possible? Where do you go when you die? It's a simple question. Where do you go when you die? If you know Jesus, where do you go? Heaven. Romans 6 says our old nature died. Right? He's been crucified. We have a brand new nature. First Peter 1, 4 says we share in the divine nature of Jesus. Our nature is his nature. So where do you go when you die? Your spirit is seated next to the Father with Jesus, far above all principalities, It's easy to bring heaven to earth when you realize you're in both places at the same time. I don't know how else it's possible when Paul's writing to people who are alive saying you're actually seated there now. It is possible when we realize our spirit's not bound by time and space. In quantum physics, there's this thing called quantum entanglement where two particles, quantum particles, entangle together and they act exactly the same. And they can be light years apart. It's a proven fact. Remember I said 1 Corinthians 6.17, we're one spirit with Jesus. We're entangled with Jesus. His nature becomes our nature. (laughs) Isn't that fun? One-third of you is perfect. One-third of you is righteous. The Holy Spirit made us holy. We don't make ourselves holy. He is Holy Spirit. His first name is Holy. Okay? He's the one who makes us holy. And you don't need any more faith. You know this? Romans 12, 3 says you've been given the measure of faith. Not a measure, the measure. 
We can read stories of like signs and wonders and be like, man, if I just had the faith of someone like Smith Wigglesworth, <laughs> then something could happen. And God's like, the measure of faith, that wasn't enough for you? Because it's the same measure I gave to him. So just release what I've already given you. It's called the finished work of Christ, right? He's not working anymore. That's why he's lounging far above all principalities. And that's why we're also lounging. So you can just look down in darkness. I'm the light of the world, so zip it. Do I have to get out of my chair? <laughs> the issue isn't do we need more faith? The issue is we need less unbelief. We need to learn how to minimize our unbelief, which takes us into the next part of who we are, our soul, mind, will, and emotions. We have original wiring. When we come to Jesus, our spirit is born again, but our soul is not, but it's purchased. But the wiring is still there. The way we think is still there. Affected by family template, experiences, good and bad and ugly, all the above. So Romans 12 emphasizes the renewal of our mind. So think about a pipe. On one end of the pipe, you have your spirit. On the other end, you have your body. In the middle, you have a valve, and that's the soul, mind, will, and emotions. Everything God does starts with the spirit. Because John 4:24, God is spirit. So like when he talks to us, he's not talking to your soul, ever. So if you're gonna be led by your soul, you have to rely on what he has said because you'll have no idea what he's saying. And the problem with that is you might kill an Isaac. Remember Abraham? God says, go up on the mountaintop, what if he only relied on what God had said? He would have been killing Isaac, right? And God's like, hey, uh, different plan. Really? I'm sorry. You're going to become dusty. <laughs> so as we renew our mind to the truth, then the revelation that comes to our spirit can be processed because the human brain can only process information. It cannot process revelation. You know, the human brain processes more information in a 24-hour period than all the libraries, every book in every library on the face of the earth. And it's a million times that amount. In a one day. And we're not even using most of our brain. Now think about the fact that in your spirit is the mind of Christ. First John 2.27 says, the Holy Spirit has anointed us to know all things. The word all in the Greek means to the exclusion of nothing. So you're pretty smart. You have the mind of Christ. 
So the issue a lot of believers face, I think can come down to one thing, double-mindedness. James chapter one, a double-minded person cannot receive anything from God. Why? The valve is turned off. We're crying out to God, give me this. And he's like, I already did. (laughs) If you could only move my life. And he's like, 2,000 years ago I moved. It's called grace. Some people are waiting for God to move. He already did. It's called grace. Faith appropriates what he already did. Faith is the bridge to grace. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the bridge. So you walk across the bridge, realizing my spirit's in heaven and on earth, so I grab a hold of what has already been accomplished completely through the finished work of Christ, and I bring it into the natural realm so it manifests. When someone is healed, that's what takes place. Every time someone's healed, that's exactly what's happening. Someone believes, and they're walking across that bridge saying, I believe in the finished work of Jesus. I believe it's by his stripes I am healed. And then boom, it manifests. But it had already taken place. Is this making sense? You guys okay? Some of you are like, I need to go to bed, okay? (laughs) In the book of Revelation, it says, Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. So 2,000 years ago was a physical manifestation of what had already taken place in the spirit. What else does it mean if the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world? In the spirit, it was already done but it hadn't manifested on earth yet. You know why it didn't manifest on earth yet? Because God gave authority to humanity and God could not go against his word so he had to become human to get it back. It's the only way. God couldn't smite Satan and grab it back. He's like, the only way I can do this is send my only begotten son. So when Jesus said, I am the son of God, I don't think it was as frightening of a term as the son of man was to Satan. When he said, I'm the son of man, I think that sent chills up the spine of Satan because he realized, wait a second, he can get this back. And so he gets it all back for us, the authority of Christ. And he says, I've been given authority in heaven and earth. You realize you have more authority than Adam and Eve had. They just had authority over earth. We have authority of earth and in heaven. That's why you can bind and loose heaven and earth. Your spirit's in heaven and earth. Is this sinking in? And authority is released through our spoken word. Authority does not beg, it does not ask, it commands. Jesus didn't walk up to someone who was filled with demons and say, you know, this is just a suggestion. I don't, it'd be nice if you could just come out, uh, if it works for you. 
I think all of us would like that. No. That's why Jesus said, like when there's a mountain, you speak to the mountain. He doesn't say speak to God about the mountain. God, there's a mountain here. Pretty large. I have measured it for you. I have studied it completely. What are you going to do about that? It's like, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> it's like, did I not give you enough authority, all authority, through my son? Did I not give you enough, the measure of faith? You release your faith. So we have to renew our minds so through that pipe, everything God's deposited flows through the soul. And then there's a majority against our flesh, the body. And the majority wins. The body will just go along. The flesh, our body, is anchored in the physical world with the five physical senses. God gave us these. They're not evil, not bad. It's not good, though, when we're led by that. Because then we have to see it to believe it. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Thank you, unbelief. Welcome to the party, unbelief. That's the only thing that stops God is unbelief. Remember the disciples can't cast out the demons? And the epileptic boy? Three of these guys just came down from the transfiguration. Hello. The glory of God's like, ah. Jesus is like a light bulb lighting up on the mountaintop. They come down with a glory swagger, and they can't cast out a simple demon. <laughs> and Luke 9, 1 said, Jesus said, I've given you authority over all demons. So why can't they cast it out? Because then Jesus, they have a private conversation. They're like, so uh, why couldn't we cast that demon out? He says, it's because of your unbelief. And then in Mark's gospel, it says, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. I hear that preached a lot about, if you pray and fast, you'll cast out more demons. Oh, geez. <laughs> Do you think demons respond to fasting? Whoa, this guy has fasted seven days in a row. <laughs> Woo! We're coming out now. <laughs> a Daniel fast, look out. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Demons don't respond to fasting. They respond to authority, period. That's why Jesus said, I've given you authority over all demons. The reason it didn't come out is because they probably saw this boy fall on the ground Eyes back of the head, foaming at the mouth, and instantly the five senses take over. Wait a second, why isn't this working? This magical prayer worked last time. It's not working. He's still foaming at the mouth. Unbelief settles in. Double-mindedness. You know the best way to minimize unbelief? Fast. Because Jesus is saying this kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. When you fast, 
You're taking dominion over your flesh and you're saying, you will not rule me. You will not lead me. I will lead you. The flow will be spirit, soul, and then you will go along for the ride. So we don't need more faith. We need to minimize our unbelief. You minimize unbelief, you'll see an increase of miracle signs and wonders in your life. I'll guarantee it. Is this making sense for you guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couple quick more things, we'll wrap it up. Is that all right? We okay on time, Eric? Okay. First John 4, 17. I love this verse. It says, as Jesus is right now, so are you in this world. Isn't that awesome? Jesus became who we were so we can become who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, do you understand what has been deposited in your spirit? You don't need anything else. First Peter 1.3 says, we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. Religion teaches you you need more. Religion says do. Grace says done. If Jesus isn't working anymore, then why should we? We just need to release what he's already given us. I just don't know if I can pray for the sick. I only have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and I don't know if that's enough (laughs) to do that. How many of you, when you go home, when you flip on the light, what happens? Does the light come on? Do you have to call the power company? Could you send someone over to turn the lights on? I just, hello? Hello? You're in covenant with the power company, right? There's an agreement with the power company that they're going to send and deliver electricity to your house so that when you flip on the switch, it will turn on. You have the authority to flip the switch, right? Right? Do you have to ask to flip the switch? Just making sure. So God's given us his power, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Power Company has delivered the power to us in its entirety. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead has been delivered to us. We've been given authority in heaven and earth. So how do you see power manifest? Exercise your authority. Well, and how do you do that? Speak. Command. Here's a couple examples. If you start getting sick in your body, then tell your body the truth. Speak to your body. 
body, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Sickness doesn't belong in my body. Jesus wasn't sick, so I'm not going to be sick either. As Jesus is now, so am I in this world. That's the truth. By his stripes, I was healed. So body, you need to respond to the truth. That's the real battle. Because the five physical senses are feeling something. You might be seeing something. You might be tasting something. But again, you have to live from your spirit and say, that's a fact, I'm feeling something. I'm not living in la-la land, ignoring what's going on. I just realized there's something much superior to the fact. Jesus is the truth. Same thing goes with feelings. You're feeling a certain way, it's a fact. Yeah, I'm feeling that way. But if it's not based on the truth, you need to tell your feelings the truth. I feel like God is distant. Well, I need to start declaring what this says about the fact that he is not distant. And I need to speak that to my emotions till they get a grip on what the truth is. We have to renew our mind. The greatest battle and the greatest key to the Christian life is in between your ears. Renew your mind. It's the most important activity you can do. Because every behavior started in here. In the church, this is what we typically do. We start with behavior. Oh, you're addicted to pornography? Throw your computer out, destroy it. We're going to burn it. We're burning his computer today. Join us. (laughs) He's going to live in a cell. No technology at all. So he's not going to do that anymore, but now he's going to overeat. Now he's going to gossip, or I'll, I'll use the Christian one. Now he's going to overwork. That's who we celebrate in the church, isn't it? The overworkers. You're such a servant. You're always here at the church. You're addicted to work. We love that. We can tolerate that, just not pornography. We love the addiction to work. Praise Jesus. Just as much an addiction. <laughs> Just a different form, same thing. All started here, so if we don't deal with this, the behavior will never change. We can modify it, but it'll go somewhere else. Until you get to the root where the truth destroys the lie, nothing's gonna change. I was working with a student, and he came up to me, and he was talking about being addicted to pornography. And I said, have you been confessing that sin? He says, yeah. I said, how's that worked out for you? Have you changed it all? No. Awesome. You want to try something different? Sure. Repentance means change the way you think, not grovel at the feet of God. He forgave us once and for all time. It's, it's time to move on and into the once and for all sacrifice. Jesus isn't dealing with sin, so stop dealing with it yourself. Do you know the Holy Spirit is not convicting you of sin as a believer? That's a myth. John 16, this is 
where a lot of people get this from. Context is everything. Take out the text and you're left with a con. Yep. It says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Are you of the world? No? And it says the sin concerning the world is unbelief. Literally, it means those who refuse to believe. Do you believe? Then he's not convicting you of sin. Hebrews 10, 17 says the Holy Spirit remembers our sins no more. How can the Holy Spirit not remember but then convict us? Either the author of Hebrews is lying or Jesus is lying in John 16. And neither of them are lying. The Holy Spirit isn't convicting believers of sin. He's convicting them of righteousness. What's going to cause you to change? Oh, you messed up again, didn't you? You're so horrible. I want to change. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I appreciate that encouragement. What about son? That's not who you are. Do you know who you are? Because I do. This is how Paul dealt with sin in the church, the Corinthian church. Remember the guy who's all jacked up with sexual immorality? He says, don't you know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? You see what he's doing? He's reminding him of his righteousness. The Holy Spirit is reminding us of our righteousness. That's why I said in the beginning, you're either going to manage your sin or are you going to manage your righteousness? Holy Spirit's managing righteousness. So if you're managing your sin, it's kind of like you're necromancing because you're talking to your old nature who's dead. And he's dead. Doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. It just means it's not who we are. So when we do mess up, we're reminded of who we really are. So I'm working with this guy. He said, confession's not working out for you. How about repentance? I said, do you want to know why you're doing this? Yeah, all right. So we go into a quick little rendezvous with God. I said, why don't you close your eyes? Ask him what he thinks about you. Well, I can't really hear anything. Really? Who's telling you that? He looks at me. What do you mean? Well, who's telling you you can't hear him? because you're agreeing with someone that you can't. Well, I guess it's me. So what are you going to do about that? Looks at me again. What are you going to do about that? Because the word says his sheep will hear his voice. OK. I break agreement with a lie that I can't hear the Father. And I declare the truth. I'm his sheep, and I can hear his voice. Sweet. Ask him again. Oh, he said this. Oh, he said this. Oh, that's great. Oh, he's still talking? Oh, take your time. <laughs> All right. I said, that's awesome. What's he look like? Oh, I can't see him. Who's telling you that? <laughs> Jesus gave us eyes to see. Paul talks about the eyes of our heart. We can see in the spirit. So who is telling you that? 
He does the same thing, instantly sees God. And I said, ask him why you're doing this. This is what God says. Your parents never had an emotional connection with you. There was always a distance and it was a need that was never met. So there was a comfort, a lack of comfort. And because of that, you turned to porn. Forgives his parents for not having an emotional connection, declares the truth and renounces the lie that any of the Godhead is going to be the same way. You know what happened? This guy has never struggled with pornography ever again. It's pretty simple. The enemy wants to make it sound like it's going to be a long road for you. (laughs) This is hard stuff. No. Remember you're seated above him. So when he's doing whatever he's doing, you'd be like, oh, am I going to have to put my drink down? You break agreement with a lie and you declare the truth. And then it begins to flow all the way through every part of us. Why don't you guys stand? All right. Sorry, I went a little long. Is that okay? Okay. Do you guys do music at the end? Is that? All right. That was pretty cool. You're going to sing in a couple of stadiums too, by the way. Did you even hear me? Oh, yeah. Who in here has scoliosis? Scoliosis. Or just an issue with your spine, like curvature of your spine. Keep a hand up, and if someone's nearby, just put a hand on them real quick, okay? Just gonna pray. If you're not familiar with what's happening right now, I just got a word of knowledge from God that's just like a download where God says, hey, I wanna heal some people of this, so we're just gonna pray. So I speak these backs, these spines, and I command healing to come right now in Jesus' name because it's by your stripes. These backs were healed. Vertebrae, tendon, muscle, cooperate with the kingdom right now. Any crookedness in the spine begin to straighten right now in Jesus' name. Full range of motion. If there's any metal in backs, dissolve right now in Jesus' name. Any new parts that are needed, Jesus, just drop them in. Just drop them in. Now, if you're able to do it, I know sometimes you don't know until you actually get it checked out, but I know for others, you can know right away if there's a difference. So do whatever you would need to do, like bend over, test it out, try it out, and then wave a hand if something's going on, if there's a difference. So we. We know it's happening, okay? Test it out. Yeah, what's up?
You can touch them now. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Lord. Was there someone else? You too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Completely straight. And it was like an S before? The T? Wow. Yeah. Someone have an issue with their liver? Something with a liver? I don't have anything specific beyond just I'm hearing liver. All right. Well, I always say this too. You might run into someone who does have the condition. Just realize God wants to heal them, okay? Asthma. Who struggles with asthma? Keep your hand up. Same thing, if you're nearby, put a hand on their shoulder. So Jesus, we just command asthma to die right now. We speak to these lungs, new breath. New breath, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just breathe into their lungs full range of motion with their lungs. They'd be able to run around, do whatever they want to do, exercise without any issues, Jesus. Just command these lungs to be made whole right now in Jesus' name. Now take really deep breaths. Start taking really deep breaths. In and out, in and out. Just receive. Just receive. Believe to receive, or doubt and go without. Choice is yours. <laughs> Same thing, if you're feeling something, just wave a hand. Always want to know what's happening. Might feel heat in your lungs or lightness. And I know sometimes with asthma, you don't know until you actually do something strenuous. Yeah. Uh, seizures. seizures. Yes. All right. Pray for that. How many need healing in your body? Something's not working right. I just want you to receive right now. Just lift your hands to Jesus. Wow. A bunch of angels just came in the room. Just feel them came in the room. Wow. I command healing to these bodies right now in Jesus' name. Be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. Right now in Jesus' name. Anemia. Be made whole. 
heart murmur be made whole right now. Eczema, be made whole right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you're able to test it out, if it's something you can do that with, see what's happening. Just wave a hand if something's going on in your body, something different. Yeah? Was that because of an injury? Or, and you can cross your legs now and you couldn't before? Oh, yeah. Good. For the sake of time, I, I want to do one last thing. Um, you don't have to close your heads or bow your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if you caught that. <laughs> Tonight, you might not have a relationship with Jesus. Um, it's the best thing you can do in your life. And I mentioned outside of Jesus, our spirit is dead. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't fix it. Jesus is the only way. And he makes us all brand new. And he makes us born again in our spirit. And all we have to do is believe. Say yes. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. And he says, I already did. Just receive it once and for all time. So if that's you, you want to start that relationship tonight, just raise your hand right where you are. You don't have to close your eyes. Nothing to be ashamed about. I'm not a big fan of like secret times. Like if we can't do it at a setting like this, come on. <laughs> I just want to give an opportunity. If that's you, just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. All right. Coolio. This is what I like to do. If you need to go, be blessed. Have a great night. But we want to stick around. If you just want prayer, want to see ministry, there's a ministry team that's here prepared to pray and lay hands on you. And I'm going to stick around as well and uh, some others. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing tonight. We just bless and honor you. And as we continue, I declare bodies will be healed, oppression will be broken, freedom would come, joy released, peace released, power manifest. And we love you, Jesus. You're amazing. In Jesus' name. So if you'd like to receive prayer, just come forward as they play.